This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values with your hosts, the Cotellis. I am Marco. And I'm Tony. And it is the best part of waking up. <laughs> Which is? Us. Oh, jeez. I mean, I'm a pleasure to wake up to. You, not so much. Uh, after my Folgers. <laughs> we don't drink Folgers. And, don't uh, cut that check. My shower. <laughs> after those two things, and I'm good. <laughs> right. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, husband. How are you? Recovery. Yes. So this was now the back-to-back travel for both of us as opposed to just you. Oh, you mean the Critelli tour? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Across the, up and down the, the coast. Yeah, up yeah, and yeah. Down the coast. All yeah. over the world. Yeah. Yes, we're good. So we're finally <laughs> back and we get to stay planted for a couple of weeks and then we get to go back out of town. Mm-hmm. So much fun. <laughs> I don't know about all that. It's a good time. How are you? I'm well. I mean, it was really nice to see both of our families. Yeah. I mean, that was the best part, I think, about we survived. these trips. <laughs> we did survive. We're here to t- um, tell, tell the tale. <laughs> um, it was really nice seeing all of my family. It was then nice to go and see all of yours. It was wonderful to watch your sister graduate and take that next big step. She's such um, a grown-up, I can't even... Yeah, you know, I mean, I've only known Stevie for a part of her life, um, but... Uh, I must say, I'm pretty sure she's always been grown up. She is. Stevie's always been a little bit ahead of her. She's never really fit into like her age group. You would always think that she was much older. I mean, she looks young. She looks young, she but looks she like has a 16. super level head and a very strong spirit, which I adore. Yeah. And also a giant heart, which is just a wonderful combination. She's an incredible person. I could not be more proud. I always wanted a sister, and I could not have asked for a better one. That's awesome. Yeah. She's a good one. Yeah. I'm super happy for her. Yeah, and then we got to see your grandparents. Which and I'm also super happy for. celebration in your family. Mm-hmm. I think we remember the tales of that. <laughs> Most of which we can't share. Yeah, right? <laughs> it was a good time. We had fun. Yes, it was like wonderful. Said, now we get to stay planted for a little bit. Only a little bit. Just a little. And then <laughs> my birthday's coming up. Yep. And oh, the fun that we will have there. Indeed. Yeah, so that's about it. Other than that, how's life? How's work? Everything is good. I have, you know, I'm at this really weird part of my life where everything just seems to be going the right way. It's not weird, is it? It's, it didn't used to be normal for me. (laughs) Welcome to normal. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I am, again, I'm very grateful. Um, I'm very fulfilled. I love the people that I get to see every day, whether it's the people that I work with who are wonderful, or it's the people that uh, I come home to who are wonderful, or the people I spend my free time with. I have this wonderful group of friends and family that I'm surrounded with, and I just, I don't know. It's it's an interesting time to be me. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And you? Good. I cannot complain. Life is good. Work is amazing. I love everything. And... This project has become fun, and we've kind of we've got quite a bit of amazing, exciting stuff happening behind it. Um, it just makes for everything like being incredible. I'm just in such a good, very, very, very happy place with life. Yeah, you are good. We are good. Everything is fantastic. Yay us! Huzzah! Yeah. Well, I think we should hop right into our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week. Hippity hop, we shall. <laughs> As a reminder, every week, Tony and I will highlight a great couple within the community as our hashtag gay relationship goals. 
our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity to the gay relationship narrative. So if you and or your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, please, please, please tag us on some of your great couples pictures on Instagram and Tony and I will take a look. Our handle is at pod relationship and that's on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Before we jump into this week's um, hashtag gay relationship goal, I just want to amend the statement you just made, which is also, if you would like to nominate someone in your life who you think their relationship is wonderful, tag your friends. Sure. And we will take a look at them as well. They don't have to nominate themselves. If you know people that their relationship just brings a special light uh, into your life and you think it's wonderful and that they could... Um, contribute in a positive way to this discussion. Um, feel free to tag them on their own behalf. Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so this week we are going to highlight the relationship of an amazing male model that has been around. I mean, first of all, the man is fifty years old and he is beyond gorgeous. Ooh la la. Um, and he is incredible. And his name is Eric Rutherford. And I think everyone has seen him at some point in time, um, just because of, again, how gorgeous he is and how much he models. And and he's, like, very active on social media and within the gay community. He's just a lovely, lovely human being. Um, So we're going to highlight him and his relationship with his boyfriend, James Richard Miller. James Richard Miller is a CEO at The Collected Group. Um, He's incredible, too. He's a very lovely human being. Um, One of the things I like about them is it's kind of funny because even when I was, like, thinking about talking about them in terms of a couple, Mm -hmm. I had to do, like, quite a bit of digging because their relationship is not one of those, like, out. It's not like it's secretive, but it's definitely not one of those like beyond highlighted relationships. Mm. Um, and I really appreciate that. They take very lovely, cute couples pictures together and it they are and it seems as though that they are very in love with one another and that they care a lot about each other and that they have a lot of that going on. But it seems like they've really made their relationship theirs. Hmm. It is not for everyone. It is not supposed to be something that everyone talks about or speculates on. It is just between the two of them. And I really, really, really enjoy that. And I think that that is great. Again, Eric Rutherford has been modeling for ever. Um, and everyone knows and recognizes him. And again, you know, when you put yourself together with someone as talented as James Miller who, again, is a CEO of, like, a major, like, fashion company and things like that. Like, it's just really, really exciting. Hmm. Yeah, so, um, I again, I love them. I love what they put out there. And I love seeing just beautiful, talented, successful people making and creating life together with one another. I think that that is just absolutely incredible. Hmm. So, thank you, fellas for um, being a part of this amazing narrative. We really appreciate the loveliness that you put out there for everyone. Um, if you would like to follow the guys, you can follow them on Instagram. Um, James Miller is at James Richard Miller. Um, and that is on Instagram. And of course, if you want to follow Eric Rutherford, he is Mr. Dot. Rutherford, that's R-U-T-H-E-R-F-O-R-D, and that is on Instagram as well. Um, Again, they're a great couple. Definitely show them some love and give them a little bit of support. 
We are going to take a short break, and when we get back, we are going to dive into the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. If you live in the New York City area and are looking for more relationship content, please join us for our monthly group meeting where we will discuss relationship topics with like-minded couples and singles within the community. Go to meetup.com and search for relationship to join. That's shit with an exclamation point, not an I. Monthly meeting dates and various social activities will be posted on the page. This group will give you an opportunity to be a part of a larger dialogue focusing on important relationship topics and will help you to connect and have fun with others within our community. Again, go to meetup.com and search for relationship to join. We look forward to seeing you at our next meeting. Backstreet's back. All right. <laughs> I'm actually not a Backstreet Boys fan. I'm an in-sinker. I was none of the above. <laughs> um, but I just felt like that made sense to start the segment. Did it? Yeah, I don't know why. You uh, embarrassed? No, not at all. <laughs> um, so, no, we're back. And this week, we're talking about a topic that I'm actually super excited about. Um, and it is about friendship and being friends with the person that you're with. One of the things that I love the most about our relationship is our ability to be really, really good friends. Mm -hmm. We've always said that we are best friends first, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is super exciting. And I think it's necessary for a relationship. You know, you spend a great deal of time. I mean, we spend essentially every single day with one another. Yeah. So it would really be helpful if I enjoyed you. Yes. <laughs> And if I, I always thought that was our problem. What? That we don't enjoy each other. Really? <laughs> I, you crack yourself up. I do. Um, no, I. we enjoy each other. Like, we spend time. Like, we want to talk to each other all the time. We want to tell each other everything. Like, we are friends first. Yeah. And then we just so happen to be partners and lovers and, and all of that great stuff, which is fantastic. Um, and I think that that's really important. Where do you think that comes from? How, how, how I don't know. I, I never dated strangers. I only dated people I knew and that I knew I liked. Like to me, the friendship is the beginning, not the attraction. Um, to me, it's like having a connection and then seeing if it can go like to a different level. I won't say to the next level cause that's not a natural progression. You shouldn't date all of your friends, but you know, I would I would always do that first. I remember when I actually moved to a decent-sized city where you had, you know, uh, much more variety in your choices of dating. I remember the first time someone asked me a question similar to that, and I said that I wanted, you know, friendship, uh, connection first. That the, the, What I was looking for was someone I could talk to. Um, and they were shocked because they said normally they hear about what the person looks like and, you know, things of that nature. Um, that's never been me. Um, I've always wanted to actually connect to someone. See, I've always... Connection was always really, really important to me, right? But I don't know that I ever... Like, prior to dating you, I don't know that I ever thought that uh, my relationships needed to be friendships as well. It never... I Like, I look at, um, like, my mom and dad, for example, mm -hmm. and I don't know that I think that they're friends. 
Like, mm. I think that they love each other and there's a connection, right? They share a life together with one another. They're bound to one another. They love each other deeply. And I think that there's a connection there. I don't know that there's a friendship there. And then I look at your aunt and uncle, for example, and I see a true friendship there. Like right. They want to experience life together. They do things together. They have fun. They go on trips. They go to concerts. They go to, you know, vacation. Like, they're doing things together with one another as a connected, like, friendship. Like, I really do think that they enjoy life together in a friendship capacity. And, well, and, and I think those are different. Like, I don't... And again, both of them have been married for extended periods of very time, long right? Periods of time, yeah. But like, I don't. Again, I one I see friendship, and then the other one I see a husband and a wife, and and I kind of think that that was always my thing. Is I never knew that that existed. I never knew that you could be friends with your partner. I always thought that it was kind of like an either or situation. Well, and when it comes to my aunt, and my uncle, there, there's a richness to their dynamic. Um, and that, I think, is how you know that there's a friendship there. Is you know, it's it's like you and I. We harass each other, we razz each other, but also we're there for each other. We know each other. Um, you know, so I think I think that is telling that there's just such a depth to the range of their interactions. Um, yeah. I think that's how you know that there's a friendship there. Yeah, and again, I think that even the ability to like want to explore life together with one another mm-hmm. and be involved in each other's like every single day and the things that are going on around you, I think that that is very very telling within itself. And again, I see I see it and and I love it. And I think that you and I have that. Mm-hmm. We like, do. I think that we want to do things. We want to experience things. I love the fact that we have done quite a bit together with one another accomplished a lot from a relationship standpoint but then like just experienced a lot too experienced a lot but then also like literally like created and or made things happen for us and within our lives together with one another as well and i think that that is really important and i think it's paramount to uh, a successful relationship i think you have to have a friendship you have to be connected to one another i think it's like really important well, I just don't, I guess I don't understand how you could not have that. Like, think about your friends. You want them to have fun. You want them to be successful. You want to see them regularly. Is that not what you have in your boyfriend or your girlfriend too? Like, I just, I don't, I don't get that. But I think, again, I think that that's a connection. Like, I think that you have a connection with the person, but I don't know. I think all too often, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm inaccurate. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely off base with the situation, but I think that what happens is people get in relationships and they kind of separate interests and you typically share interests with your friends, right? So let's talk about heterosexual couples, right? The men, and I'm talking super stereotypically, right? Men tend to be fans of sports, right? And then women tend to have other interests, whether it's, you know, doing home type things like decorating and or you're being super Super stereotypical stereotypical right now i'm just talking about from like a societal (laughs) standpoint right or whatever like it it kind of things like that right so a man is going to go enjoy a hockey game with his guy friends right and then a woman is going to go to brunches and have a really really good time and getting their nails done and getting massages and stuff like that with their girlfriends 
But those interests don't necessarily overlap with one another. When they are together with one another, it's more so in like a relationship capacity. Having dinner together with one another. Maybe they have a television show that they share with one another. Kind of things like that. But then when it all is said and done, they like separate and they go about in their own corners and do their own things with one another. Again, very, very stereotypical from a societal standpoint or what, you know, we have created as a societal standpoint. But isn't that typically what happens? I think about that when I think about my mom and dad. That is kind of what is going on with them. Again, it doesn't mean that they're not connected to one another. There is a connection. They have interest. They share an interest in a television show. But when it comes to what they're doing in terms of, like, a friendship standpoint, like, my mom is talking to her girlfriends or, you know, and things like that about things, like other things, like when they're on the phone. Whereas my dad is going down the street and talking to, you know, some of the other guys in the neighborhood and they're, you know, having a drink and a cigar and they're having their own, like, entertainment and things like that. That is what happens. But, like, for you and I, for example, our close friends are our close friends. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, do you like, we literally do just about everything together with one another. We're that disgusting couple. Kind of. (laughs) Kind of. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, we do have our separate friends where we'll go and, like, have dinner with, like, you know, this good friend and have, you know, target trips with that good friend. But then what happens at the end of it? Oh, let's go back to the house and involve Marco. Or, like, let's go back and have... You haven't seen Tony in a while. Let's go see him. And then we end up reconnecting with each other and things like that. And I think that that's different. I see that in your aunt and uncle. Hmm. Like, they kind of don't do things without one another. And when they do things without one another, it's always in a way to, like, get back together with one another. Hmm. You know? And it's just very interesting to me. I just find it super fascinating. And so I really want... I, I would encourage those in couples, gay couples, lesbian couples, heterosexual couples, like, everyone to just try to find a way to be friends with your partner. I think it's really important. Yeah. I mean, you need a connection other than just the physical. Yeah. You know, you need the mental, the emotional, the spiritual. I mean, you need a lot of variety of connection. And you can't get all those things through just intimacy. No. Um, through just the physical. No. Or um, even, or even the, cohabitating. The cohabitating, the, the relationship-esque type right. stuff, right? There needs the, to be more. The paying of the bills, the cooking of the dinner, the managing the, you know, the kids' schedules and stuff like that. Like, that's not a friendship. That's a, that's a, like a, a ballet, right? You guys are moving back and forth around one another to try to, like, get a message across. But where is the actual, like, relationship? Like, friendship, the, the actual connection with one another. Right, the eagerness. Right, which I think is, like, super important. So I do enjoy the fact that you and I have um, the ability to be really, really good friends with one another. We do tell each other everything that goes everything. on. Typically the minute it happens. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's, again, we're, we're that couple. It's kind of annoying, I'm sure. But again, our friends, like, I have a best friend in Florida. We have, you know, good friends here in New York that, like... It's so funny, like, everything that we do, we don't necessarily hang out with them by ourselves because we're always together with them, right? Right, and not that the other person doesn't have the ability to do that. That's totally fine. No, we can't. We have. We do it all the time, right? It's just not our default. Right. It's always like, how can we all get together with one another? Well, because we genuinely enjoy each other, like... 
It's, it's just how it is. I think it's so funny whenever you and I go out, if people don't know us, they don't know that we're together. Yeah. And I always think that that's so funny. And it's because we're friends. Like, yeah. that's what we are. Yeah. Um, you know, it occasionally leads to some weird situations <laughs> where we have to say, no, no, that's my husband. And they're you're like, right. really? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's my husband. But you are my best friend first. Yeah. And I think you always will be. Yeah, and I think that that's a great. Again, that's kind of one of those things that, like, if we've that's what we've always said. If we weren't to stay together with one another, we know we'd be fine because we're friends. You would still be a person that I would, I don't know, just reach out to to like talk about life. Well, and you know, it's known that you and I have broken up more than once, and every time we did, we still talk to each other. What did we go one day, three days at the most? Yeah. And then it was like, no, I got, I got to keep talking to you. Sure. Like, there's just something missing from my life. I think that's what led us to get out of our ways and marry each other. Mm. Um, but I think that that you know definitely occurred because it was the friendship. Always. And I hear people make that statement. You're not my friend. You're my wife. You're not my friend. You're my husband. I'm like, why? Why does that why have to exist? Yeah, why does it have to be either why, or? Why, why isn't husband best friend? Like, why isn't that the same thing? Yeah. Like, I understand why not every best friend is a husband or a wife. But, like, why is your husband or your wife not your best friend? I have a really good friend in San Francisco mm-hmm. that I love her marriage to her husband, her now husband. Um, they got married the month before we did. Oh! Uh, and they, uh, one of the things that I love about them is that she and her husband are best friends. Mm. They enjoy each other. They love each other. They love spending time with each other. And they're really, really, really good. And I love that. I love seeing that. I have a really good friend that I just happened to work with as well. And she and her husband are really, really, really good friends as well. Um, and I just love that. And I think that that is like super special. Hmm. It's really important. So again, I would definitely challenge those of you guys, like if you're single and you're looking for a partner, find someone that could be your friend that you can turn into a relationship and like make that magic happen with. And then those that are in relationships already find that magic that makes you guys friends with one another so that you can sustain Right. And like you can go the distance with one another because it is really important to have that magic exist within your relationship. I agree. Awesome. Well, let's take a break and we'll be back in just a bit. Hey, folks, it's your favorite host, Tony and Marco. We need a favor. Please stop what you're doing right this very moment and head to your podcast directory and rate and review relationship. We know, we know. It's a big ask, but we need your help in getting the word out about the podcast, and your reviews are the best way to make that happen. So, if you have two minutes, go ahead and give us a five-star rating. Then, write a review and tell everyone about how much you love our voices. Or how we're your favorite hosts. Or that this really important conversation is helping you along the way. Just a few ideas, in case you get writer's block. <laughs> Anyways, we appreciate your help and thank you for the support. Your participation will only make relationship better. We're going to get back to the show now, but we love all of you. Thanks. Thanks. All right, so we are back with part two of the 25 best uh, pieces of marriage advice ever over the past 13 years or so. Um, If you joined us last week, we went over numbers 1 through 12. So we are going to pick up today with part 2, which would be number 13 through the remainder of the 25. 
So let's get started. Um, so we're at number 13, which is never keep secrets from one another. I would say this is something that you and I do very well because you and I tell each other everything. Yeah, we're good at that. And we usually have to tell people, like, don't tell me something if you don't want my husband to know, too. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that we are pretty good. I would definitely say that, like, we're at least out of four. I think that there are things that we do tend to do um, without consulting with one another and then just later have each other, like, find out about it but it's only like menial like ridiculous little things like you know me buying a new pair of shoes or you buying a new amiibo for the (laughs) switch or something of the sort no consultation needed there yeah right but essentially we do a very good job of making sure that each other has all the information and and each other knows just about everything i agree yeah i think we're pretty good with that one um number 14 is never lie to each other I would say that falls under the same category. Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, we're pretty good and divulge and have divulged just about all of the information that we need to divulge with one another. I do think that there are, um, I do think that you can sometimes fall into the relationship whole of, um, I mean, it's not being honest with one another, but being afraid to hurt each other's feelings. Mm. And so you may not necessarily say exactly what's on your mind or what's going on with one another to kind of spare each other's feelings. And so I do think that that is a form of lying to one another. Um, And I do think that sometimes you and I can be somewhat guilty of that. Um, So we just have to make sure to work on that. Yeah, I mean, one of the tenets of the path of Buddhism that I try to practice is talks about right speech. And one of the things of it is never ask someone, you know, never ask me a direct question uh, because you will get a 100% honest answer. Like that's just what I strive for. I'm not always great at it, but it's what I attempt to do. So like sugarcoating things is not, it's not supposed to be a thing. Again, I'm not always great at it, um, but I do work toward it. And I don't think I lie to you. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, well, I'm, I think everyone knows that I'm a, a pretty blunt person and I tend to, you know, kind of say exactly what's on my mind. Um, but I, I will say that because you tend to be a teeny bit more sensitive than I am, there are times where I may not necessarily say everything that's going on with me or that I'm feeling, um, you know, for fear of how you're going to respond to it. Um, so I do think that there are elements in which I'm not being 100% honest with you. And that's just in a, in an effort to avoid, you know, hurting feelings or starting arguments or getting angry and stuff like that. So I think that there is an effort for on both of our ends to just make sure that we're, you know, always being completely honest with one another about things so as to avoid that. I don't think it's like a direct lie, but at the same time, it's not complete honesty, if that makes any sense. Well, I mean, you do have to consider the other person's feelings. Like, that's not being dishonest, not saying absolutely everything that falls into your head. I mean, that's kind of normal human decency, I would think, to consider another person's feelings, to have a little bit of sympathy. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Well, I mean, of course, you definitely, I mean, you don't want to hurt a person's feelings every single time you say something to them. But I do think that, again, I can say something to you that I think is being gentle that you would take as offensive or maybe something. Because, again, I think in a previous episode, we talked about the fact that you don't do a very good job of, of critique. And so even if I were to say something, you know, like very, very basic, like, oh, you, you know, you didn't pick up your towel, like, I have to wonder whether or not you're going to take that as, you know, me being mean or, you know, or because sometimes you got to remember there are a lot of other circumstances with the way a person receives information. So if you had a shitty day at work, you know, me talking about the towel might be the one bit of, you know, the one straw that broke that Campbell's back at that moment where you might like that might send you over the edge and you might be an emotional mess behind that. Or you might, you know, have a good day at work and that kind of thing, you know, we can laugh and joke about at the end of the day. So sometimes there's just those little bits that you have to kind of bob and weave in and out of the situation. Mm. I don't know. Uh, And I think that goes for both parties. Um, number 15, when you've made a mistake, admit it and humbly seek forgiveness. How do you think you do on that? I think if we put it on a timeline, I do well, but if we talk about it in the moment, that's not my strength. Mm. That is not my strength. Um, yeah, it's, and it's so funny. I think I've said this before, but like at work and with my friends, it's one thing, but with you, it's different. Um, And so I eventually figure out what's going on and will ask for forgiveness or will pledge to change things and make a conscious effort to do so. But what's interesting is with my friends and at work, that's never a thing. It's like the second it happens, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I screwed up. Like, I'll take total responsibility. I don't know why that is, but I know it's true. Yeah, I mean, I am. I don't know. I tend to feel as if I um I, I I try to admit when I've done something wrong. I have no problem saying that I've done something wrong. Like, if I've genuinely done something wrong, I will say, like, oh, yep, I screwed that up. Um, and, and I will admit to it. Um, I don't know that I seek forgiveness. I mean, I will apologize, but I don't know that I seek forgiveness because... I feel like I've done everything that I can. Like, I've admitted that I did something wrong. I apologize for it. Whether you forgive me or not is kind of a you thing. Um, And so, uh, you know, and I I can't control that. But I don't necessarily feel as though I... um, I'm pretty good. Like, as long as somebody admits to what they do, then, like, I'm good. Like, I don't have a problem. But, like, I don't, I don't know about forgive. I don't know about forgiveness because uh, I'm not, I, I don't, gen- I don't, I personally don't try to seek forgiveness uh, from people. So I don't know that I expect for people to be forgiven. But I don't know. Maybe that's just weird. I don't it's, even know if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. It's very revealing. I'll have to chew on that for a while. Yeah, I don't. You know, I I feel I just feel like you've done everything that you can you could right by admitting that you did something wrong and apologizing for it. So whether or not like you forgive me is not really any of my business. I don't know. I kind of feel like that stance and the one in the question before this is it's unique um, because. It's almost like you're not putting yourself in the other person's shoes at all. Like, 
like at all, like not, not trying to mm, take a moment when you have a thought to say, do I really need to say this or not? And then also not essentially caring whether the other person is no longer hurt. Like that's, but I think that's what the apology is for. I think the apology the apology is for the the getting forgiveness, the, the evening of the ground, the, the leveling of the playing field, the, the soothing over of the hurt. I would think that would be the goal. The goal I don't think is for you to admit that you are wrong and move on. I think the goal is for you to support and nurture your partner. Right. But I think that that's what the apology is. I think that's admitting you're wrong and then apologizing behind it because you realize that you did something that was not okay. Um, I just, I guess, I guess my thing with forgiveness is like, I, I don't think that we as people are judge and jury. Like, I don't think that we need to sit back and, and worry about how someone is going to take things and how they feel about things and whether or not they let those things linger and all those other things like that. And I don't like living in a moment in which I feel like I'm walking on eggshells because you haven't fully forgiven me about something or, you know, you're, you're still thinking about that whole thing. Like, I don't like that. That is kind of like an unhealthy way of living life. So I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily seek forgiveness. And that doesn't mean that I don't pay attention to your feelings about things or I haven't sat back and, and paid like, you know, really, really, really close attention to how you feel behind it. Because again, I think admitting your you did something wrong and then apologizing and sincerely apologizing about something, um, you know, to make sure that your partner feels good about it is, is the acknowledgement of all those things and, and wanting to try to like fix and, and, and move on past that. But, you know, to seek forgiveness, I, I guess I think that that's like a whole power play kind of thing where like a person is like, you know, well, I haven't completely forgiven you yet. So you are the one that holds all the cards in the situation and how everything moves forward. And I think that that's just kind of unhealthy because, you know, because then you end up having to do a lot of things to, like, try to, like, what? Make the person feel even better. So you go out and you buy flowers and you rub their feet and you do this and that and all these things. And you cook dinner or you take them out to do. You do all these things to just try to, like, seek their forgiveness. And I, and I, and I, I personally feel as though that kind of borders into, you know, like, some territory in which it's, like, it's not really unhealthy. Like, you're just kind of trying to... Uh, butter up to them so that they can move on and, and get, you know, to, to greener pasture. And that's just not fair. That's not fair to you because, you know, you, you, you did the work, you, you realize that you screwed up and, and you're trying to, you know, fix things like that. So I don't know. I'm rambling at this point, but I just feel like, like I said, I, 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 I try to admit when I'm wrong and I definitely, um, apologize when necessary um and I try to acknowledge I try to think that I'm very very I tend to think that I'm very uh introspective and I you know and I acknowledge when I did something wrong or something that's not right um but I don't know that I necessarily like need um uh, your a blessing from somebody um, that says, oh, okay, well, all has been forgiven. Like, you're all good. We can move on from this kind of thing like that. Because, I, I, like I said, I don't, I just don't know that that's fair. I don't know. That's me. 
Um, number 16, when your husband or wife breaks your trust, give them your forgiveness instantly. Well, I think you're going to defer to what you just said. <laughs> well, no, I, I just, um, again, yeah, I, get kind of, I mean, kind of going back to it. Like, once a person apologizes about things and they've acknowledged that they did something wrong, I have no problem being like, cool, thank you, I appreciate that, so what's for dinner? Like, kind of, like, moving beyond that. Like, I try not to let those things, like, linger inside of me. I try. I'm human, so I'm not always good at it all the time. But I try not to, um... I try to not hold things over people's head thereafter. Mm. Do you think you do that? Do you think you forgive instantly? Uh... Yeah, I mean, uh, genuine... uh, Genuinely, like, if I say that it's okay i it's i'm okay like i like i i I don't say that it's okay and then in the back of my mind i'm like really angry about something like that if i say it's okay it's okay if if i don't say that it's okay then that means like i'm actually really not over this and so you're just gonna have to give me a second but but if i say cool like all right like i appreciate you saying that to me like i'm 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 pretty over it I try to be as transparent about that as possible. What about you? Um, you know, forgiveness and I have an interesting relationship because I used to give it completely freely um, without a moment's hesitation. And it didn't matter what you did, uh, you were forgiven. And then as I kind of walked through my actual feelings a little more, and tried to change sort of the relationships that I have with different people, um, that forgiveness didn't come so easily and so quickly. Uh, and now I'm starting to get to be at this point um, in my practice where I genuinely don't see what other people are doing as something that is uh, against me. Like, I, I genuinely see it, not all the time, but I, I genuinely see it as this is you working out your stuff and I'm just here for you to bounce it off of. Mm-hmm. Um, and to that end, I will let it bounce off of me completely. I won't let it inside of me. Um, but I'm still working on that. But as I continue to work on that, forgiveness becomes a non-issue. It's a non-issue. There's nothing to forgive. That's good. That's really good. Um, number 17, be patient with one another. Well, after almost nine years, if we're not patient now, <laughs> I will tell you right now, this is this is one that I struggle with. Mm. I'm not a patient human being in general. I I'm not I'm just not patient at all. Um, I just have very little patience. Um, and so I, I will tell you that even being in a relationship and stuff like that, that my patience runs very, very, very thin. Yeah, you don't really have patience. No, I don't. have patience. <laughs> No, I don't have patience. And again, and I think I've said this before in a previous episode where I said, like, I don't know if you realize exactly how complicated or or challenging it is to be with you or to be with anyone. Being with somebody in general is always just a, a teeny bit of a struggle. It takes a lot to worry about it and so there you know there becomes uh, a lot of a complication and again my patience just runs very thin i just i guess i just have expectations that after a period of time one would think that things would run smoothly and they don't 
all the time. And maybe that's just, you know, my naivete, but I just get really, really impatient. But I'm, I work on it. I try. I try to be understanding, and I think patience and understanding are two different things. Completely different. Yeah. yeah. So are. I try to be understanding, even though I may not necessarily be patient. What about you? Me? Um... I think patience when it comes to people is something that I'm good at. Um, Again, you know, kind of what I was saying earlier, I think that the people who've been in my life, especially the ones who've been in my life from an early point, uh, have done nothing but teach me patience and give me a really unique perspective on other people, expectations, human behavior, um, you know, and... It's not that I don't expect things from people, but I expect very little from them. Um, I want to give it to myself, um, whatever it is that I need. And when you don't project that stuff on other people, it becomes a little bit, I find it becomes a little bit easier. Um, And also when you don't, um, well, not when you don't, when you do, when you do take an honest look at who someone is, truly who they are, which people are always telling you exactly who they are. You just have to pay attention. Um, But when you really accept someone for who they are, then there's nothing to be patient about because they're just being themselves. Like, I mean, it's really on you. What did you expect to happen with this person? Like, why did you expect it to be any different? Why did you think it would come at a speed or in the form that you wanted it to when every other time they've shown you clearly that that's not how they operate. Um, so again, not to sort of lay blameless everyone else, but take personal responsibility for your own, um, perception in that situation. I would Mm -hmm. say. Hmm. Interesting. Um, number 18, model the kind of marriage that will make your sons and or daughters, uh, want to grow up to be good spouses. Hmm. I think this is a super interesting one. I mean, we don't have children, so it this, makes it kind of challenging for This us. may be part of the reason why we don't have children yet. <laughs> I would agree. I don't know that we can model that completely. I think, I think you and I would model the overcoming of conflict really well and I think we would model the um, listening piece like I think there's lots of things that we would model that would make our children have good healthy relationships and I think that there's lots of things that we would purposefully teach them as well to ensure that that happens but do I think we could model that all the time no but do I have I ever seen anyone who could who wasn't on television in the 50s no yeah, but oh, so this takes me kind of back to the last conversation that we had regarding, um, like, you know, uh, making sure that your children are not your whole world because your partner in life is going to be the one that is going to be there, you know, to the very end of everything. So it's really good to have a solid foundation with this person before you decide to. Uh, you know, give everything to your children um, because your children will be watching you. And if Mm. you're not modeling uh, a healthy scenario or a healthy way of, you know, making that a thing, then I think that you're in some serious doo-doo. And so I think it's really, so I think this is really important. I don't think that we would model a healthy, um, consistent 
relationship right now. I, and I think that this is work and I think it's something that's good. I don't know that anybody does. I mean, I'm sure that there are people out there that have a great handle on it and that there are fantastic relationships out there. Um, but I've said it before, you know, my mom and dad um, had a very combative marriage and, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, disagreement and argument and things like that. So that was a model that I grew up with, you know, and, uh, you know, so there, there's that aspect of it too. So do I think that we need to work on what we've got going on? Sure. Do I think that we are making daily strides, you know, to be better? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it will essentially come full circle, but I, I, you know, I definitely don't think we're there yet. I think that that is something that definitely is going to take some time to figure out. Um, number 19, be your spouse's biggest encourager, not his or her biggest critic. Hmm. You're definitely my cheerleader. I am. That is for sure. You are. You really are. I would say that is something. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rating you instead of rating myself. Yeah, but that's fine, I would say <laughs> only because I'm giving his, mm. him praise. Um, yeah, no, I would say that's something that's always been true is no matter what. And you've said this and it's true. Like no matter what, you always just want me to do better, feel better, be treated better, um, succeed. You know, so I would say that you're really good at that. Thanks. I, um, I don't know that I feel like you always are. I think that, and I I remember in the beginning of our relationship, you said that there was a lot of jealousy that you had for a really long time. So it was really hard for you to be incredibly encouraging Mm -hmm. um, because you felt like it was kind of like a, you know, why does he get that? Why is that easier for him kind of situation? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're still trying to learn how to do that because I do think that, again, your gut reaction is to try to be, um, I don't know. I think I've told you before that I find that, that and I'm not saying this in like a, a, a mean way, um, even though I'm sure it's going to be translated by our listeners that way. <laughs> um, Brace yourself. Yeah. But um, I, I find that there's a lot of, you have a very self-serving personality. So a lot of things that you do or encounter or engage in, you always have to figure out how is it going to benefit you in the end. Um, and so even if there's something great that's happening to me at a point in time, you always figure out, you always try to figure out like, how is that going to affect you? Um, and so I think that sometimes you, your default is not to be encouraging, but you end up having to go through all of those things in your head afterwards. And then you essentially, you eventually get to being encouraging, but I will say you're not, I, I, I don't think that you're a very critical person, but I do think that you are because you are very emotional. You your like your default is not to be encouraging. Hmm. That's interesting. I definitely I think I think my analytical side plays a big part in that. Um, Because I I don't know when I hear I don't know for me, the default for people and this includes you. Um, is you're a giant reality creating machine. Like that's what you're here for. That's what you do. You constantly are generating the reality around you. Um, and so people don't need encouragement, which I know even as I'm saying it, of course they do. But to, to me, the people in my life who share things with me, and again, this includes you, 
um, that they're trying to accomplish. Um, what I can bring to the table is not encouragement. What I can bring to the table is this is the step-by-step, concrete, methodical way to get what it is you're trying to achieve. And have you thought of this? And what about this? What's your plan for that? Um, and that's not encouraging uh, by conventional means. But for me, it is me trying to get you to wherever it is you said you wanted to go. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's interesting. The only example I could think of is, you, you know, when work told me, like, hey, we want you to start traveling a little bit more. Um, and I shared that with you. And I was excited about it because I knew that it was going to, you know, put me in the face of a lot more of the, you know, the accounts that I work with and the things that I do. And your immediate reaction was, well, how often and when? starting when and how long will you be gone kind of thing like that because you came to the realization that I was going to be gone and you were going to be without me for you know certain periods of time and that was still definitely have my raw trauma points and uh, abandonment is number one sure so that was so that was your immediate so it wasn't a very encouraging situation it was kind of like a oh so you're gonna be not around often kind of thing like that and and it was just it was interesting like I said it wasn't necessarily critical but it was definitely not like woohoo congratulations like that's awesome news kind of thing like Mm. that yeah so it's like again I think that that is kind of again where you tend to go is like how does it end up affecting you in the end and then where does where does that fit in in all of that uh, number 20, never talk badly about your spouse to other people or vent about them online. Well, I've never vented about you online. <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> and truth be told, I mean, I have like maybe one to two, like maybe two to three people that I could talk about certain things with but I don't feel I mean as you already know if I'm not going to say something to other people that I don't say to you Mm -hmm. like I I say things to you all the time so it's not like you will be in the dark about the situation and if I am talking about things with other people it's kind of like in a uh, like how was your day oh gosh I ended up having to go through this last night blah 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 Um, but I think I could probably be better at that it's interesting. Um, I, I must admit, I've always found it strange that you say that because I don't, to be perfectly honest, I don't know that I believe that. I don't know. I don't know that you don't talk about that. And I don't know that it's not perfectly normal and healthy to talk about that. Um, it's interesting. I've always thought that you downplay that. Um, and I've never really understood why. Um I don't really talk to a lot. I think I, I honestly think that you think that I talk to a lot more people about stuff that's going on and all this other stuff like that. I really don't. I don't, and I don't know if there's a certain. And I think that this is kind of what I, my, I think that a lot of what it is is that I don't want people to know that things are not good. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like, and not because I'm trying to put on like a pretty face for everyone, but I also just don't necessarily need for people to like be under the impression that things are 
because you know this is what happens all the time with people right like you end up hearing about all of the bad things that a person's girlfriend is doing you don't ever hear about all of the good things right Hmm. and so I don't ever want to talk a ton about that stuff because I don't want people to feel like damn then why is he with him if all of this stuff is going on so I just don't talk to a lot of people about stuff um, so I have a couple of people. I have a, a, a coworker that I'm incredibly close to and she and I, um, you know, share things with one another, like, you know, back and forth, like kind of in passing. Um, and then I have a really, really good friend that lives in Florida, um, that I share things with every once in a while, but, uh, but when we, like, when we talk to one another, which is, you know, probably once, maybe once a week, once every other week or so kind of thing like that. Um, but I don't necessarily like run to either one of them and say, oh, my God, I, you will not believe what just happened kind of thing like that. It's kind of like an in conversation situation that t- takes place. Um, but everything that I do share with those people, I either have already shared with you or have the intention of sharing with you a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you're never in the dark. And I don't go around blabbing to, you know, other people about stuff like that. Like, I, I just don't do that. It's interesting. I would say I'm the same. Um, I definitely believe that you shouldn't say something about anyone that you wouldn't say to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that certainly holds true for you. Um, But I definitely, there's lots of things that I need to talk through um, because I just don't, especially when I just don't understand them. Like when I, when I genuinely do not get it, when I'm like, okay, I have processed this every way I know uh, and I cannot understand where this is coming from, uh, you know, and I'll need to bounce it off of someone else. I'll do that. And that's true of my relationship with you. That's true of my relationship with anyone. That's true of my relationship with myself. Um, so I think it's healthy and good to talk about the things that you're going through, especially if you're talking to someone who has gone through them and can add wisdom to it, as opposed to like you were saying, just view the other person as this awful, terrible thing. Yeah. Well, you want to know, there's two reasons why I don't, I gen- generally don't do that. Um, one reason is I always find that when you're reporting things, you don't report it from like a level-headed standpoint. You always report it from like an emotional standpoint. Or, or like solely you your own. Or solely your own. Do you see what I'm saying? So the story that this other person is going to get is not necessarily going to be like a true record of the situation it's going to kind of be your view on the situation and then two I don't and I've said this before I don't really it's this is gonna sound so bitchy but I don't really value another person's opinion on the way that I do things because you're not me so you don't necessarily understand things from my shoes kind of thing and And that's not being mean or anything of the sort, but, like, if I'm going through and or feeling things, there's, like, a history of things that I've gone through that has led me to this one point. And an outsider's perspective on why I'm doing things becomes very, very challenging Um, because you're going to say things from your perspective and the way that you've lived your life and the, the history of things that you've gone through, not necessarily from, like, a 
Marco's perspective kind of situation. So that's gen- generally why I don't really do that because I, I just don't know that I feel like... I Again, I have a few close people that I feel could give me some great advice and things like that, but I don't know that they're going to give advice to me for me. I think that they're going to give advice to me from them and then that becomes really murky you know i don't know maybe that's just my crazy (laughs) moving on (laughs) yeah um so what are we on right now number 21 always wear your wedding ring that's easy it's on yeah that's the number five i'm killing now (laughs) the only time i ever take it off is if something's being done to my hands Mm. Like a massage or whatever. I keep mine on all the time. Mm. I take mine off for that. Every once in a while, I'll take it off so I can like clean my rings, but that's about it. Mm. But I like put lotion on with them on and everything like that, too. I never take my ring off. Um, these next two are going to be a very interesting topic, and we'll do our best to not like get super deep into it. But number 22 is connect with the community of faith. Oh... I'll keep this very brief. I don't feel that my faith is outside of me. It's inside of me. And I feel like every step I take is in faith. So I feel connected to a community of faith all the time. I feel like I'm connected with a community. I don't know if it's necessarily of faith, but I think it's a community that grounds me and keeps me, you know, where I need to be as a person. Um, And I think that that is uh, all that can be asked of me. Like, I don't, I don't need anything more or anything less behind it. There, see? We didn't get deep at all. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a lot. I know there are a few people that are listening to this um, that kind of have some opinions behind that one. But like I said, we're not going to get into it. Um, number 23, pray together. Um, we don't do that. We don't. Um, I mean, we both feel very grateful together. We both share how grateful we are for things. We both share what we're hoping for, but do we formally release it to a higher power with intention and, you know, co-present words or whatever? No, we don't. Yeah, no, I don't. um, I, well, you know my beliefs. I believe that faith and religion within itself is a personal thing. And I feel like we um, don't necessarily need to share that with each other (laughs) I feel like it's a me experience and uh I have deep beliefs and you know and and I feel the way that I feel but I know that you feel the way that you feel and we don't have any disagreements behind that so I think we're in a good space yeah I think it's fine I think we're good but again not getting too deep on that one next one (laughs) I don't know well I'll get just a teeny bit deeper but I don't really pray for anything outside of myself like I will pray for patience I will pray for guidance Uh, I will pray to understand the lessons that are being presented to me I'll pray for um, peace and wisdom Um, but I don't pray for like I don't know I don't really pray for other things it's just I, not me. I pray for other things. I mean, I pray for you. I, you know, pray. I think. Well, but again, I don't know if I pray for. Um, I don't know if I pray for or to a God. 
I put out positive thoughts and requests to the universe. Mm. So I ask the universe that you do well in your test Mm. and that you feel happy and confident with what you did. Mm. You know, I ask that you get to and from work safely because getting you back to me is very important. Like I, I, like I ask for those things, but Mm. I don't like, but those are requests that again, are not necessarily like you know formed into like a, a god or like a, a formal prayer if that hmm. makes any sense I don't know yeah next one number 24 when you have to choose between saying nothing or saying something mean to your spouse say nothing every time oh god go ahead answer that one <laughs> <laughs> It's the saying something <laughs> mean part. That I'm sorry. Is it's going to take me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's the saying. It's the saying something mean Ooh. part that that I'm uh, tripping over. I say everything to my you spouse. You sure do, but I don't necessarily <laughs> say things like I don't say mean things like not in like not intentionally. No, but don't backpedal over your previous comment about how you do say them, you don't really censor, you don't really seek the other person's forgiveness, you don't have a ton of sympathy in that regard. So first of all, I never said that I don't have sympathy. That was you. Well, I, and I'm not backpedaling over (laughs) anything because I said, like, I will say everything. I told you I say everything. You do. The part that I trip over is the them saying something mean. I don't come to you with something mean. I will come to you with how I'm feeling about something or how something you did pissed me off um, or something like that. But I won't necessarily come to you with something mean. Like, I, I, like I, I just don't do that. Like, I'm not going to come to you and say, uh, you're lazy. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I will. I could say, like, Hey, like I would love it if we started getting back in the gym because I feel like we are getting lazy, you know, and we're doing a lot of sitting on the couch or, you know, a lot of like not being active. Like I'll say that kind of stuff like that, but I don't come at you with things. I come to you with things. Hmm. Do you, does that make sense? It's the mean part that I, that I'm tripping up on. Hmm. No, that's not to say that in the, you know, the throes of a really intense argument, we haven't said mean things to each other, but I don't necessarily, like, that's not my default. I don't, like, go there. Hmm. What about you? What about me? Do you say mean things? I don't know. Do I? You have, but I don't think it's your default either. I don't think you're mean to begin with. No, I don't either. You have said mean, mean things, though. We both have said mean things to each other. Um, but I don't think that we... I, I don't think that that's normal. Like, do you, I don't think that's, like, an everyday occurrence kind of mm. thing. Yeah, mm. I would agree. Yeah, I think we're somewhat decent there. Um, the last one. Number 25. Drumroll, please. Never, ever, ever... Consider divorce as an option. Mm. This is an intense one. That's a good one. I really do. I do feel like that one has been lost. 
I remember it was many years ago you sent me this great picture with this cute little quote, and it was about how in other generations, like, you fixed things, you didn't replace them. Mm. Um, And I think this is something that needs to be reintroduced, um, both before marriage and during it. Like, you and I were together for a long time before we got married. And it was, I told you, it's because I only want to do this once. So for me, divorce is not an option. And I wasn't going to get into this marriage unless I was absolutely certain this was everything forever. Um, and so, and so I think people need to go into commitments, understanding that gravity. Um, and I think when they're in those commitments, they need to be reminded, um, of that divorce is not an option. You made a vow and your word is your bond. And if you couldn't make that vow fully, you shouldn't have made it in the first place. Um, you know, just to be quite frank, like you just, you just shouldn't have. Um, and if you're in it, then you need to stick with it. And I don't mean stick with it if it's abusive or, or, you know, things are like really bad like that. And it's not that at all, but just don't go to divorce, go to, how do I fix this? How do I bring back the spark? How do I start respecting my spouse again? How do I, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you need um, to do. How do we laugh together again? You know, whatever it is. Um, But I would go there first. Yeah. I mean, look, we've said it before that, (laughs) and no one talks about this, nor has it, I I mean, it was definitely not brought to our attention, but our first, it was so weird because we were really good in our relationship, and then we got married, and the first year of our marriage it was so hard. Was shitty. It was so hard. It was really, really, yeah. really challenging. It yeah. was very, it, it was very, very difficult. And I will not lie, I didn't consider divorce, but I thought about divorce. Like I, I, I wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm definitely divorcing him. But it was definitely like, um, is that where we're headed? Like, it, it was like one of, it was a thought. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, again, I married you and planned on and plan on being with you for the rest of my life. So I wasn't necessarily anticipating divorce. I wasn't looking forward to it. But there is an extreme amount of time in which uh, shit got real hard. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was very, very challenging for me to, like, see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that we're still going through this tunnel at this point and um, trying to, you know, create our own light in the tunnel at this point. Yeah. Um, but... Um, I don't know that I consider, again, I don't know that I consider divorce, but I, I definitely, it, 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 I've questioned it, um, but that's not why I got into this marriage. I didn't marry you with the intention of getting rid of you. Um, I have every intention of seeing you old or <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, I have every intention of, you know, having a family and, and, and being married to, you know, to you for the rest of my life. But, um, you know, it takes a lot of work and, and marriage is hard. But I think that we've got the goods to see it through. Here's open. <laughs> Fingers <laughs> crossed. 
And your toes and your eyes. Oh, God, everything. <laughs> um, so, yeah. All right. Well, that is it, y'all. That there is you have it. the 25 great tips to make a marriage last. That's not what it's really called. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what it is. So, um, we are going to take a short break. But before we do, I would love to hear from you guys. Um, of the 25 that we talked about, which one was your favorite? Which one made you think a lot? Um, which one are you in your relationship right now and you're struggling with? Um, let us know. And uh, Or which one was left off? Which one was left off? Are there any other tidbits that you would like for us to consider? Um, of course, you guys can message us on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook as well. Um, and then you can also email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts. We are going to take a break. And when we get back, we are going to listen to some of your relationship questions. Hey, everyone. We cannot thank you enough for taking the time to listen to our podcast and for allowing us to be a part of your Wednesdays. If you love relationship, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at podrelationship for even more relationship content and information. And if you have any relationship questions or topics that you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your questions on air and do our very best to share our thoughts and offer guidance based on our very own experiences. Please don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. And if you're a fan of the show, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and give us a great review. Your support is much appreciated, and from the bottom of both of our hearts, we want to thank you. Now, let's get back to the show. Alright, now it's time for our listener situations. That's right. Send your relationship questions or comments to relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your emails here on the show and do our very best to give some guidance. So act like you got some home training. <laughs> Jeez. Alright, here is our first question. Uh, and it is a long one. Ooh, I like it long. <laughs> Hello, Cretellis. Love the show, and I was hoping you'd be able to help me out with a problem I'm having with my boyfriend's family. My boyfriend and I have been dating for a little over four years, and we are a run-of-the-mill monogamous gay couple. What's that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like That's, like, weird. <laughs> we genuinely like one another and have an unwavering love for each other and do our best to support each other and have fun in between all the craziness that is our current state of... the current state of our nation. We are both out to our families, and we have both met and spent a somewhat significant amount of time with each other's family members. Neither of our families live in the same city as us, and they don't live in the same city as each other either. We do the majority of traveling is mainly because we don't have room to host families um, and neither of our families want to rent hotel rooms. Here's the problem. We spent the last few years switching holidays between our two families, Christmas last year with his family, Christmas the year before with mine. 
We've decided that we don't want to do it anymore because uh-huh. we end up being the only group of people that travel. Nobody else comes to us, and quite frankly, it's expensive to travel. Um, gifts and fund, uh, buy gifts and fund the few nights of entertainment we engage in while we were out of town. Uh, we told our families we want to switch things up and spend the holidays together as one big family. Uh, we can go to my boyfriend's family this year and then rotate around from there. My family was a bit apprehensive at first, but thought this would be fun and gives everyone the opportunity to meet and connect. But my boyfriend's family refuses to get together or host a holiday because they don't, quote, want us to shove our lifestyle down the family's throat by making the families be friends. We were both shocked to hear this, mainly because I've already met his entire family and can't understand what the problem is. My family's waiting for a response, and my boyfriend doesn't know what to say to his parents, especially after that was thrown at us. Uh, What say you? How should we handle this family snafu? I hope you read this on the show. Thanks for your help. Well, we did read it on the show. Yeah, that was a really good question. It was. So, I I think I know what your answer is. <laughs> but I'll only give mine. Um, you know, I would talk it out with your family, um, your boyfriend's family, and say how confused you are that it seemed like things were going well and everyone was getting along and... All of a sudden now it's shoving your lifestyle down their throat, which I always disliked that term lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle, but anyway, um, yeah, I would, I would have that conversation. I would, and I would approach it from confusion because that's what I am reading. This is confused. Um, so what is it, where is it that your understanding, uh, is different from theirs because everything seems to be going well. So what if it was other situations? Would they still have had the same issue? Like, just I would just try to get to the root of it. But I think you and your boyfriend um, of four years are building your own lives together. And this is where I think my husband's point of view is going to come in. Um, you know, so you can just tell them, okay, well, if that's the choice they make, then they're going to see less of you. Um, you. You are building your life. This is what you want to do. You all have your own goals, objectives, debt, plans, whatever. Uh, you can only manage your resources so far and you're adults now too. So if they get to make decisions like say no to things because it doesn't suit them for whatever reason, then you have that right too. That's what I would, that's what I would say. Yeah. I mean, I've said it before. Um, one of the podcasts that I listen to and one of the people that I respect a ton is Dan Savage. And Dan Savage has always said that when you get older, one of the things that you do have is uh, your presence. That's the only thing that you can kind of hold over your family. Um, so if they are doing and or saying things that you feel are disrespectful or don't jive with your narrative, you do have the ability to say, well, guess what? I'm just not going to be present. Um, so I don't even know that I would talk to your boyfriend's family. I mean, you and your boyfriend need to talk to one another because you guys need to be a united front. One person doesn't need to feel as if they're, you know, getting shafted in the situation at all. Right. Um, so you need to make sure that you guys are, are, are on the same page and everybody feels the same way. But I wouldn't even talk to his family. I don't think it's necessary. I think that they made a statement and they made a feeling about the situation. 
situation and I would go ahead and make the plans with your family um, because it seems like your family is in a place is in the place that you want them to be where they're making plans and everybody is like willing and you know participating uh, in this kind of uh, traveling holiday celebration situation so I would you know chit chat with your family and say hey guess what so we're not going to do it at you know boyfriend's family's house this year um but you know let's talk about some other solutions where else could we end up going this year to try to figure it out um and then just leave the boyfriend's family completely out of the plans and when they want to know why or what's going on um i would definitely say you know you made it very clear that you were not interested in having us there um and that just didn't jive with what our holiday plans were going to be so we decided to not shove our quote-unquote lifestyle down anybody's throat and we won't be there this year um and so you let me know when it's okay to be present and uh we'll think about it and just move forward with it because uh, again they made their they they made it very clear as to how they felt about the situation so i wouldn't necessarily try to uh change their thoughts or or try to even you know be logical behind the situation for them or anything like that they they don't deserve that because they didn't give that to you um and so it's not necessarily it's not necessary to have this big conversation about it they'll come around and it's going to hurt and it's going to be really painful for a little bit um because he is your boyfriend's probably going to be really sad during the holiday time um but maybe you know you just have a little powwow with your family and say like i really think that we should go above and beyond this holiday season to make him feel comfortable and welcome and and loved and supported you know because he is going through a really hard time um and you know he will come around and he'll feel okay and then like i said when his family realizes that there is another family that is supporting him and loving him and being a part of the entire situation the way that he wanted his family to be they'll come around they'll figure it out and they'll be on board soon there you go yeah all right well uh you know See what you think of that advice. Do what you're going to do, whether it's having a conversation with your family or becoming that united front and just saying whatever. Um, And let us know uh, what you decide and how it goes. Yeah, please do. I love a good update. Oh, so the next one says, um, I've never been in a long-term relationship, but about 10 months ago, I started dating this guy and I really think that this might be a thing. I like him and none of my crazy is going off. I'm worried though, because I've never been in a relationship for more than a couple of months. What can I do to not screw this up? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know that 10 months is, look, don't get me wrong. 10 months is a significant amount of time. But I still think that you are in that, that, you know, what, Honeymoon. what Dan Savage calls it, calls NRE, that new relationship energy. Mm. So, like, I think you've kind of got, like, some of that going on right now. So I think it would probably just benefit you to just play it cool for, like, the next 12 months mm. and then see where you're at after that. I, you know, I think the way you worded it um, says some things. Like you said, it might be a thing, not the thing. Um, and you're more worried about screwing it up um, and about, you know, it sounds like your crazy goes off sometimes because you pointed out that it didn't go off this time. Um, so whether it's new relationship energy or it's a connection that you've never had before or whatever, 
um, you know, my advice would be just stay genuine um, because anyone that you're going to be with for the long term should probably be with you for you. Um, and so while it's good to put your best foot forward and, you know, try to make a good impression and blah, 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 you know, it's okay if some of your crazy goes off. It's okay if you talk about how you have some crazy and what that looks like. Most people actually appreciate getting kind of a heads up and being able to talk through some things because then when they see it, they're already sort of, what, what do you call it, previewed? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that can really help, I think. Um, and also, don't put so much pressure on it. Don't. Yeah, just let it be. I mean, there's a lot of other questions that I have behind this email, like, how old are you? Like, you know, why did the other relationships last for such a short amount of time? Yeah, I mean, and without therapizing the situation too much, mainly because I'm not a therapist. <laughs> um, but, you know, without getting like way too in depth with the whole situation, I would just, you know, sit back and understand, it. you know, if you're young, if you're in like your early or even your mid 20s, like, I would just chill out a little bit because, you know, Dan Savage says it all the time. How many times are you going to quote that man this episode? He's just, he says a lot of really, I think, um, just poignant things that like just make a lot of sense that like when you hear it, you're kind of like, oh, I guess that does make sense. But it's very rare that people who um, have like met each other and get together very young end up staying together for a super long time because there's so much growth that takes place during that time period. So if you are young, and again, this is just me talking about it, if you are young, like there is a huge potential that you're going to be somebody different um, in the next couple of years and maybe or maybe not they will this person will be in your life during all of that um so i would i would slow down a little bit about the situation and stop putting so much pressure on yourself to try to make it um a thing like make it like the the thing you know like make it like super Mm. super important and all this other stuff like that because you don't know you don't know where you'll be you don't know if you'll even be living in the same city that you live in right now so you need to like take a step back and just realize how fun and how special this is for right now and appreciate it and enjoy it and and have a good time with it and have a good time with him um and then just see where everything is at and then like i said by like year two See what's going on there. And if you don't make it to year two, you did learn something from the situation, which is great. Um, But, you know, if you do make it past year two, then you could start figuring out what this means and where this is going and how this is going to pan out and all of those things. Then you can start putting all of those crazy stresses on yourself. (laughs) Because then it would make a lot more sense. Um, No, that was just me being funny. Um, But yeah, that's his idea of being funny, folks. You laughed, so it was clearly funny. Courtesy um, in years of no, practice. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, like I said, I would just, just slow down a little bit and see what's going on. It sounds like you're having a good time, so just have fun. And there you have it. We're going to take a quick break, but before we do, Dan Savage, cut that check. <laughs> we'll be back. So that's going to do it for this week. Thank you again for tuning in and being a part of this really important conversation. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us. And hey, tell your friends about this show. 
You can also email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments that you'd like for us to address here on the show. If you're in the New York City area, please don't forget to join our group on meetup.com for more relationship content and activities. Next Wednesday, Tony and I will be here to harass your ears. And remember, you can share all kinds of shit with your best friend.